A disappointing weekend for Ferrari in Italy. What? Oh, sorry. Uh, a disappointing weekend for Ferrari in Spain. What? Shit. A disappointing weekend for Ferrari in Monaco. When? Oh my gosh. A disappointing weekend for Ferrari in ba in Baku in Canada, Great Britain, France. Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> Inexplicable decisions on the Ferrari pit wall opened the door for Max Verstappen to claim his eighth win of the 2022 season in Budapest for the Hungarian Grand Prix, and the season is over at summer break. It's lights out and go, go, go for episode 73 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. Hurts. Hurts every time. We're back. Another Ferrari banger. How do you feel about that wonderful performance from Ferrari, Marco? I am ready for break. I am very, very, <laughs> very ready for summer break. I didn't think that, you know, I always want more in racing. I always want more Formula One. Uh, and then there's 2022. And, uh, yeah, I definitely need just to kind of step away, look and like, just stare in the ocean um, and kind of find myself. I think I'd say uh, Charles Leclerc is going to be probably standing right next to me trying to do the same. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of how, how I felt from this week and how I felt for the first half of the year. If anybody deserves a summer break, it's you and the Scuderia. So um, good thing that it's here. Good timing. On today's episode, episode 73, we'll have our good, bad, ugly, our race haikus, a little race recap, and then a predictions recap. So let's start off with our good, bad, and ugly. Marco, kick us off. All right. My good is going to be a change of scenery. So for me, it's always fun seeing the grid shift at some point. We already got a, a new face in the Aston Martin garage. Uh, so just days after Seb announces his retirement, Fernando Alonso comes in to take his place. So we got a multiple world champion replacing a multiple world champion. With with that comes, you know, obviously a new face that will come into Alpine. We have some rumor mills already swirling where it could be Danny Rick making the move back. So a little flip, flip, flip back from, uh, you know, in his Renault days, left for McLaren, now going back uh, for the team he left for McLaren for. So, uh, which would then mean, you know, Danny leaves, opening up another seat in McLaren. Obviously I've heard, uh, Hulk's name in the mix as well as I feel like he's Classic. always in the mix at some point. He's always yep. the, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, <laughs> I, I think like this good, my good, bad and ugly, the good would turn into a great, maybe a fantastic if Ferrari decided to make some mid-season changes themselves, uh, maybe get some new race engineers and strategists. But um, I just feel like, you know, I can't have a nice thing. So, that, uh, you know, I got to look for uh, other teams bringing in <laughs> other drivers to make me, uh, you know, somewhat happy. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I, I hope, I, you never want to hope on somebody's downfall, but I think uh, I'm, I'm praying on Ferrari race race strategist downfall because it's just, it's I, like, I feel bad at this point, you know? I mean, so. you just got to, like, you got to pull, like, rip the Band-Aid off. The Band-Aid has been, like, such a slow rip. I mean, you, I can't, you, there's not much skin left, you know? It's just kind of, like, full, cut your, cut your losses and, like, start over. Start fresh for the second half of the season. Uh, so that was a you know kind of good i always just feel like i find my way talking about ferrari so um kind of good my bad is gonna be i just you know i've never really thought this until this weekend but i don't like how quals only matter it, like the only thing that matters prior to the race sunday is quals 
because our fearless leader, Nicholas Latifi, comes out Saturday morning giving his absolute all during free practice only for them to give up, uh, like only for him to just, it's basically a pat on the back. Like, hey, you did good. He was clearly just exhausted after dusting the rest of the grid. Uh, he had, I think, uh, beat the Charles Leclerc for number two and point like 0.66 seconds. So, I mean, just was absolutely on a rumble. And I think he thought too, was like, hey, maybe I get something out of FP3 ran it all out of the road, and then for him just to go P1 and FP3 to at the very back of the grid. So that was a pretty tough look. I think Formula One has to look into this, and like they're doing everything they can to hold our guy down. Yeah, I mean, eventually you have to, you know, you have to give the, the credit where it's due. And if a guy in a Williams goes fastest, I think that should be like, an, you know how they give honorary degrees during mm-hmm. graduations? They should give an honorary pole position once a year to whoever does really well, like a participation pole position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like give him, um, yeah, give him like the little tire, you know? <laughs> yeah, a tiny, tiny like a tire. Smaller, like yeah, a smaller, much smaller tire. <laughs> yeah, much smaller tire. It can go onto his, uh, his steering wheel when he's driving. It's not like it's going to make him any worse, you know? All right. Uh, my ugly. I'm just going to get the, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get it out of the way. I ignorance, ignorance of all kinds was displayed this weekend by once again, the prancing horses. If you don't know each week, Pirelli will announce potential tire strategies for formula one teams. The medium, medium hard strategy that Ferrari decided on was not on that list. It was not recommended in any capacity at all. They were also driving in cooler, it was a cooler, damp race, which makes this decision even more of a head scratcher. So this is, you know, the decision, like Pearlie's going to try to give you some heads up. Like, here's, here's a little idea. And Fry was like, no, um, I know you guys make the tires, but uh, you guys don't know anything, everything. So this is like a pre-ignorance, pre-race ignorance right there. Now, and then there was ignorance during the race. So when both Alpines went on hards, they were struggling mightily. Hards were about a second slower. The cars were slipping all over the place, yet Ferrari, once again, felt like they knew something that no one else did, put on the hards, uh, and completely ruined the race. So uh, if I were an F1 reporter, I think every, one, every week I would specifically ask Carlos Sainz because I think two weeks ago he said, like, if he regrets saying that Ferrari doesn't make any more mistakes than the other teams and that they're being picked on because um, I think ever since he's made that, there's just been mistake after mistake after mistake. Especially after races like this, where like I know um, Mattia tried to say like, oh, the, the car didn't have its pace, but um, I mean, like <laughs> that's just I think that's as part of a cop out as you can make. I feel like the only thing you can blame are the decisions they made, and if you make the right decisions, and then the car doesn't have the pace, then you can say the car didn't have the pace. Not hey, we made an like a moronic decision that no other team really like made after one team made the offer decision. Uh, but it was the car's fault. We we were fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean I agree wholeheartedly. It's never it's never his fault, and I'm happy to keep it that way. Keep him keep him on. Yes. Snake needs a head. Yeah. So uh, that was my ugly. All right. Good <laughs> stuff. Well, I will move on to less depressing. <laughs> please, 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 please get out of here. It, it's only going to get worse, by uh, the way. I got a lot planned for you this episode. Um, all right, my good, bad, and ugly. My good is my non-biased opinion. 
Um, but since you are over there moping about Ferrari, my good is McLaren, baby. So Norris, P4 in quali, looked super quick. Danny Rick looking like his old self for one lap and passing two cars at once. Uh, both of those Alpines getting the same number. You know, we got the same number of points as the Alpines, even though we got one guy that had a penalty. Um, and, you know, and you know, Danny Rick finished out of the points. Didn't lose any ground to Alpine, so we are officially back in the fight for P4. Four. Four. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> wow, Ferrari's dude. not that bad. Did you just get 200 points this weekend? <laughs> we did, dude. Ferrari's going to start getting negative points because everyone's like, we have to start punishing these horrible dude, decisions. Yeah, it's but... like, if you're going to try to compete like this, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you're, you're ruining our viewership. <laughs> we don't have Ferrari fans watching F1 anymore. Uh, my bad, Lewis Hamilton. So, yes, hmm. he got another podium, right? Uh, you know, but let me ask you a question. How many sessions has he topped, Marco, this season in that Mercedes? How many sessions has he been at the top of practice or qualifiers? Uh, zero. How many has Nicholas Latifi topped this session this season? <laughs> I mean, at least one. At least. At least, at least one that I remember. One so I think this finally, finally settles the debate of who is a better driver between Latifi and Hamilton. It's just good to be able to put that to rest. But yeah, bad luck for bad luck for 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 old Louis Louis Hamilton. My ugly is racism uh, and racists. So a lot going around about it. Obviously, we had Austria. That was a bad showing from all F1 fans. Uh, we now have the hashtag Drive It Out initiative, stopping online abuse. So racists, time is up, baby. Coming for that ass. And they're going to stop all the hate online. Um, you might be thinking to yourself, well, haven't there been a lot of like you know efforts and campaigns to stop online hate in many other aspects? And the answer is, it doesn't matter because this one's gonna work this time. So 97th time is the charm. Hashtag drive it out. Anytime you see somebody being mean to you, hashtag drive it out, and they'll stop being mean. No questions asked. So, <laughs> no questions. Uh, yeah, ugly, on to the next conversation. <laughs> on to the next one. So yeah, ugly is racism and racists. Yeah, I mean, coming for you. If I knew a sport, one sport that I knew was going to single-handedly stop and end racism, and it had to be Formula One. Yep, no question. The Euro, the, yeah, there's a lot, There's no racism in Europe to begin with, so no. it should be easy. Super diverse grid, too, which is really nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let's move on from our good, bad, and ugly and get into our race haikus. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into these race haikus, we do have a word from our sponsors. This race haiku is brought to you by Prozac. Depression hurts. Sometimes you feel like there's a black cloud following you around, not letting you be yourself, not letting you enjoy life, not letting you choose the correct tire compound on which you should start a race, or not even letting you think clearly and make inexplicable pit stop decisions. Prozac is here to give you much needed relief. Are you struggling with depression? Yes. Common side effects include nausea, Charles crashes, drowniness, Trouble sleeping, Carlos's engine blowing up, dry mouth, loss of appetite, being 80 points behind in the, in the driver's championship, sweating, yawning anxiety, or being a Ferrari strategist. When you're sad the season isn't how you thought it'd be going, and every weekend you bend over and let a Red Bull's bone in, that land of the Romans seems to have you groaning. Take Prozac and pray for a return of serotonin. So big thanks to Prozac. Um, I think it couldn't be more timely at this point, but uh, but yeah, big we, we thank Prozac and hope to continue this partnership because it gives me endless, endless joy and excitement to start this podcast again. Yeah, dude. I'm still waiting on my care package because uh, I deeply need it. So, uh, <laughs> Prozac, pick it up. 
Alright, let's get into our race haikus. I'll go first since you started with Good, Bad, Ugly. My haiku is pretty simple, and I bet it's pretty predictable for you. Um, red team, no think good. Max now win championship. Red car team down bad. Alright, we're, I mean, we're, we're in the... Very same page. Pretty pretty close. I bet. Uh, Alonzo. <laughs> I bet. All right, I got Alonzo in a stroll. Max in the championship. Ferrari and Pricks. So those are just teammates. Alonzo and Stroll, teammates. Max, champion, yeah, teammates. And teammates Ferrari and Pricks. <laughs> Good for you. Let's move on to our race recap. Meow. <laughs> All right, starting off with Qualls here. Yes, there are storylines that came out of Qualls. Russell's first uh, pole position. You know, Red Bulls having a couple of stinkers unexpectedly. Hamilton's quality getting screwed by a DRS issue. But the only thing that I feel like we should truly highlight is, as you said, Nicholas Latifi showing the world how he can truly drive um, being, you know, six-tenths of a second ahead of second place in quals so you know there were storylines but just to not not take the shine away from old nicky i think we uh we leave it at that nick latifi is the story of free practice and quals yeah that's pretty much i mean like you said i think the red bull maybe was like the the big surprise where i mean they were talking to Mattia and being like hey dude like, you can't be too happy or too upset about this whole you know 10 11 them going out in q2 and he was trying to refrain from a smile because he was like, just you wait till tomorrow. Yeah, oh, so let's see what we, you, you yeah, think. We, that we can't I, wait to see. I'm happy see right now. Got yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. All right, moving right along to our fifth place, 95 points. McLaren, just four points, still maintaining that four-point deficit to Alpine. Daniel Ricciardo, P9. All right, making it a Q3 above both Red Bulls. Finishing at a P15. Lindy Norris. Yes, sir. Lando Norris. A P4. <laughs> dropping to a P7. I feel like we've been saying this a little bit lately where McLaren is putting up, like, okay Saturdays. And then um, just, you know, either maintaining or dropping a few places on the race Sunday. But, I mean, all things considered, not a bad week. Alpine did not increase the gap to them. So, um, that was always good. There was a point in the race, though, that um, I had texted you, Ian, and I was like, dang, McLaren's looking good. It was like... Six, seven, Lando, um, Danny, and then it was like the Alpines, like nine, ten, or something like that. And I was like, they could yep. really make some. And then I mean, it was two laps later where Danny was like eleven. Yeah. And I was like, actually, I, was... I like to apologize. The second I said this, sent this, like everything went downhill. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like like we said, Lando a P four quality. Like you're not really seeing the the McLaren show that type of um, that performance really much this year. So uh, he's getting a lot out of the car. Yeah, but yeah, and like you said, the only really nice thing that we saw from Danny was that um, the double pass in the Alpines. That was a pretty slick move. Yeah, and he ran into Lance yes, Stroll, yes, so yes, gave yes. him a little, little karma there. The best, Honestly, that was the, the highlight of Danny's weekend. I'm sure so many people were like, <laughs> hey, if you're going to run into one person, make it be Lance Stroll. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to P4, Alpine, 99 points in the Constructors' Championship. Esteban Ocon qualling at P5, ending up in P9. Fernando Alonso qualling P6, ending up in P8. So, underrated champ of the season, I think, is Otmar Safsnauer for letting these two boys race. They they were racing a lot, and I feel like they've been racing a lot this season. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, Esteban Ocon is definitely at the level of Fernando Alonso and vice versa. So, it's good to see, like, there's not a clear, I think, like, points-wise, there's a bit of a gap, but there's not a 
clear deficit in performance for one of the two of them. So, um, you know, they were they were racing. Part of racing is getting a little annoyed when someone defends well or defends, you know, in a way that could potentially be questioned. I don't really pretend to, like, understand <laughs> too much of, like, all right, Esteban did this, so it was a horrible, you know, defending move. But Fernando did say, he was like, I've never seen anything like that in my life when Esteban was defending and got a little spicy. Um, and seemingly, as you said, he got so spicy that he decided to switch teams and go to Aston Martin. So RIP, goodbye to El Plan at Alpine, and hello to Aston Martin, I think is what we should call it. Aston Martin, since uh, given that Spanish flair for Fernando. But yeah, overall, like I said, as far as like constructors' rankings go, four points ahead of McLaren. Not, not a ton, but I think they, you know, I'm still going to reverse Jinx McLaren and say they're going to hold on to it. Uh, so congrats to Alpine on P4 and the constructors. I don't know. I mean, I feel like now this like the, the the garage itself is in shambles. You know, everyone a team divided is you know you can't win with a team divided. So um, I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened to, to McLaren is having one of Alpine's driver that they probably did not expect in the least to leave uh, to up and leave right before summer break. So um, I might be yeah. I might be leaning on the McLaren boys uh, to push that out. Trying to drink you? Fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. You're not asleep. Uh, but, all right, so my question is, with this whole Alpine situation, he's is he just doing this to get the bag? Because he's going to a team that has clearly shown that they have a much worse car. Okay, you know what? I was, like, I saw something that made me think, uh, that made me kind of sad. He was like, look, he's like, this is my life. I have no family. Like, I just like racing. I was like, oh, shit, dude, that got dark. Okay. Like, do you, why would you say that? Like, you're just old. You can just be old and retire. You're but, really like, don't bring in the fact that you ne- don't have any kids. Like, geez, Nobody dude, loves me. Okay? Race. You need some, you need some Prozac? <laughs> Another hat tip. For, I don't know how to um, go off on that, on the depression thing. I, I feel exactly, I feel what he's feeling. So um, I can't really like hate, hate against that. But um, yeah, it does definitely seems like he is just like, Aston Martin is probably like, hey, we're just going to give you a lot, 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 lot more money than you're getting paid. And um, I hope you're fine with, you know, not really competing is the only way I feel like he's being able to like accept this type of move. But hey, yeah. good for him. Happy to see it. Like I said, happy to see the, the grid shake up. So, I mean, even though I don't personally understand the move, I'm glad that it happened. Moving right along to our P3 team, a close... Now, cut the cut the gap to uh, by 12, no, by 14 from last week, down 30 points, 304 points, Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton, a P7 all the way up to P2, George Russell, P1 in quals, and then dropped a little bit to P3 there. We, I mean, this is like a groundhog stay for Mercedes. Every single weekend, you see a double podium from them, or you see them a 3-4. You see them just right next to each other. Like, they have very similar race pace going on. Um, but, like, we got to see, like, a good, like, we're going to have a good fight. I'm glad that we're going to have a good fight somewhere. It's not going to be the 1-2, obviously, but I'll take a 2-3. And so um, this, is, this is starting to probably... Uh, bring a lot of sweat including myself to ferrari fans being like dude like how is this possible how is this mercedes car 30 points behind this ferrari car within half a season mercury's garage has gone from giving lewis a car that could like barely get out of q1 or not get out of q1 now he's got five podiums in a row so i mean you got to give a, a huge tip of the cat to, cap to mercedes to like figuring out their stuff obviously there is like a little bit of gap between them and the top dogs but 
I mean, to, to be where they're at now, um, I, I don't see anyone from Mercedes to, to be able to, like, have beef with, with their out. Um, even, you can even see with Lewis, like, he's getting out of the car, he's fist bumping, nodding his head, like, he's, he's acting like, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm so happy, grateful to, to getting a, a P2 here, like, getting on the podium here. Um, I think they understand where they're at, and, like, they shouldn't be winning um, races, but if they can do this anytime, I mean, like, they're going to take it. Just consistent, yeah, consistently there. They're, and that's that like the consistency scares me that you never see them have a DNF they never have a engine blow up like Ferrari um, you know and, and so yeah I, I think like it's it seems like yeah 30 points is you know a, not a not no gap like it's a bit of a gap but it's like that gap should be so much bigger but they're just too consistent and yeah I mean five podiums in a row for Lewis is just unheard of I hope he doesn't catch too much momentum and end up uh you know ruining everybody else's time by just being back on top and winning all the races again but moving on from mercedes 30 points ahead of mercedes is our beautiful prancing horse of ferrari 334 points uh carlos signs calling p2 ending up p4 charles leclerc calling p3 ending up p6 uh that p3 to p6 is kind of interesting um especially since we know that charles is quick you know has good race pace um, so I'll, I guess we'll have to review the tapes of what happened, but uh, I'm just kidding. What is there to say at this point? I mean, like, dude, these strategists going on the classic, you know, it's it's what they teach you. When in doubt, go to the same tire so that you're eventually having to change uh, compounds and then go on to the hard tire that you know isn't working and everybody else who is all, like both Alpines were on hard tires and they, you know, it was very obvious that their race pace was not good at that point. So like... Yeah, I mean, Mattia Bonotto leaving leaving the pit wall to go to the garage for what you know, what they call it, like a comfort break during the race. Like, when everything's falling apart, you know, you need good leadership. Look to the guy in charge. And where is he? Oh, he's gone. He's just in. He's just inside waiting to rip everybody a new asshole, like, when they go in. And, yeah, it's just, like, I mean, just quality. Like, it's it's just good TV. When I saw him leave, I was like, good Lord, man. You're just, you're just making it worse. Yeah, but, right. yeah, like you said... <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the tire decision uh, was was not the reason for the bad result, according to Mattia, uh, but rather the pace of the car, even though Charles made some pretty wild overtakes on the car that got pole position. Like, he got some, he got a wild overtake on George Russell. Um, yeah, I just feel bad for Charles. I, I like, I... He is, I feel like he just took it so on the chin where it was like, hey, I made the mistake last go around in France. It's like, hey, I spun. I was the one that hit the wall. Like, this was on me. I don't deserve to be a champion if I keep making mistakes like this. But it's like, it's kind of that thing where someone takes too much responsibility where it's like, hey, guy, like, I mean, your team is just fucking you every weekend in some different way i said it at the beginning as a joke i hope you left it in but like italy spain monaco monaco baku canada great britain france like those are i mean we've only i think we've only raced 12 right it was at the 12th or 13th go around and that's i mean that's seven of them where something like be it charles fault or not like something happens and it's like oh man it's just you can't lose his confidence so like you know Good, good thing that summer break is is now here, and he can go to Monaco, uh, you know, take a couple of deep breaths, and then hopefully come back stronger with the car that should be winning races. But uh, but yeah, at this point, unfortunately, with an eighty point gap to Verstappen ahead of him, it just doesn't seem likely that he's going to catch him. I don't see since we only have ten races left. I don't really see him uh, closing the gap unless you know they start 
doing a little foul play over at the Red Bull garage, pay off Honda or something like that, and, uh, you know, maybe get the engine to blow up or something like uh, like the Ferraris do. Ferraris are good at making engines blow up, so maybe they can, <laughs> you know, implant some mole over there or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I think it's a good, like, hey, Honda, they're leaving you for Porsche. Like, like are you guys going to sit well with that? Are you going to sit, like, they are just they just left you like that? We should get them back somehow. Yeah, 100%. They'll agree. They'll say, oh, we're not Honda, we're Red Bull powertrain. It's like, you're fucking you're Honda. Honda. You just don't have yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, speaking of Honda, speaking of the P1 team with 431 points, so they are 97 points ahead of Ferrari. Red Bull, Max Verstappen, a P10 all the way up to P1. Sergio Perez, a P11 to P5. Like Ian just said, 80 points. A bit of a overcome to, to do the individual driver's championship. Um, so, I mean, it's just Max's to lose. Uh, and I don't think Max is the type of driver to kind of fumble this type of bag. I don't think Red Bull is the type of team to fumble that either. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to see kind of a, a typical Mercedes type of uh, winning season in a new constructor though because um i think it's just kind of battle for the rest here um him spinning out and like you know giving that back up to charles and and seeing you know hey this is you know charles messed up last week max is gonna miss uh mess up this week and then for max to be like oh i I can still spin out and i can still win this race uh with no problem and well not even that i i can start off p10 i can get in front i can spin out and then I can still win this race. And it's just absurd. That, like, there was so much that went on uh, in this race, good and bad, for so many different type, for so many different teams. Um, yeah, like, like I said, just kind of Mercedes vibes where um, if you don't crash, you can still make a mistake and be fine. Lewis popping his tires and going over the, the, finish, <laughs> the finish line with three tires, uh, just limping over. Like, yeah, stuff like that where it's like, you know, we just, we, we got it figured out. Um, not only do we got it fit- figured out, but like we are like our, our enemies are are doing better at hurting themselves than we are hurting them. So um, just <laughs> yeah. like a like a concoction of positivity on on the Red Bull side. There was an interview with uh, Lewis Hamilton where he said, "Yeah, I mean, like being able to spin out and still win a race just gives you you know all the information you need to know about how good their car is." And it's like, "Oh yeah, dude, how does it feel, man? It's been seven years that you've had the other way around." Dude, but, I saw someone. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter was like, um, "Lewis has never had this big of a gap uh, in the drivers' championship going into that uh, into the summer break." Why aren't people like ripping on Max as much as they did on Lewis? I was like, well, because Lewis did it seven times. That's why. That, yeah, is, exactly. that is the reason. Yeah. It's not about like one season. If Lewis did it one season, you're not going to get that. It was because it was this season and the next 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 season. So that is why people are upset. Like uh, all these yeah. people are just pulling at straws, being like, oh, like uh, you guys can't get mad at you guys can get mad at Lewis, but Max is doing it now. It's like it's so different, man. It is so different. Yeah, if in 2028 we're seeing the yes. same exact you thing, will then see I will that, concede you will, yes. that, yeah, you have a point. Yes, you, I, you will see many people being upset like that, yes. <laughs> All right, and finally, let's get to our last sector here, our predictions recap. All right, and for our uh, race predictions recap... It's a quick one because neither of us gotten everything right. So great way to go into the summer break and good job on us. We are smart Formula One brains. 
uh, yeah, no, nothing really to add here. So we had a couple good weeks, though. You know, it's like it's we did. It's, it was due. We were due for a really a big stinger of a week. And honestly, I mean, Haas on the podium for my wild card, fastest lap, Mick Schumacher, pole position for Lewis Hamilton. Like, you know, you're, I wasn't expecting much, but well, but yeah, you know, sometimes you stretch well, and it's nice. And you, I mean, but you you did play the expected driver of the day, Seb. Uh, I mean, you always are very good with that. Like, with something big happens to a driver, you're like, oh, nailing it, they're done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that was going to be a for sure, for sure uh, winner. But um, yeah, I did. I did think I was gonna get that, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't. Either way, we are finished with the first half of the 2022 Formula One season. Going into a summer break, uh, we will not just leave everybody hanging. I think we will um, do stuff, but we will be taking. You know, we'll take a little break ourselves. I think we deserve it. But um, uh, Marco, any last words here before we send the people off into the long August month? No, dude. I mean, if someone could send me some type of positivity, that would be <laughs> like if there's something that happens over the off season that they're like, hey, you know, Ferrari actually like they are admitting to their mistakes or are admitting to their incompetency and they're they're going to fix it. I need something. I need something like that. This is just going to be yeah, if it's more of the same in the second half to like, yeah, I'm going to need like a, a bucket of Prozac. <laughs> well, luckily there's sponsors, exactly. so what happened, but all right. Well, appreciate everybody listening for the first half of the season. We're excited. We got some cool stuff cooking for uh, for when Formula One comes back into town. So keep an eye out for that. But until then, like always, appreciate everybody for listening. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.